Welcome to Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z, the ultimate guide for real estate investors. I'm your host, Steph Boldrini. We cover everything you need to know from finding and analyzing properties to financing and managing your investments. Tune in every week for expert insights and tips so you can make your commercial real estate dreams come true. And this brand new intro, as I do a new intro every year, is brought to you by ChatGPT, which we will cover on another podcast, all the potential possibilities that this has in our investments. And in today's episode, as we welcome 2023, we're going to talk about setting goals for the year, how to organize your day and your week and also went to hire a full-time VA. We are getting insights from Bronson Hill. He is the founder and principal at Bronson Equity, and he will be sharing his knowledge with us. Here we go. Bronson, thank you so much for joining us today. You have been on the podcast for a couple of times, and we were just catching up the other day in person, which was so awesome as always. And um, you're always going to events and achieving your goals. So I thought it would be a great idea to have you come here and chat about your thought process on creating goals regarding real estate for the year. And of course, also having some downtime, which you you told me you you made sure to put that on your goals as well and things like that. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Awesome. Stephanie, great to be here. I've always appreciated you over the years, just uh, your friendship. It's been awesome to to know you and be able to uh, do real estate and kind of hear about what you're doing as well, which is awesome. Uh, but yeah, so uh, this year I'm really excited for 2023, and uh, just you know I'm, I'm a big goals guy, so I do make goals each year. Um, go to goals events sometimes. I started kind of basically recreating these on my own, so I went away for a couple of days at the end of 2022. Um, I was in San Diego, which was really nice, and just how did I do with the goals that I created for last year? And I was about 50-50 on achieving the goals or not achieving the goals. But some of them were pretty lofty and some of them were you know, out of my control. But I made progress on every single one, even the ones that I did not achieve. So sometimes even if you create a goal that's too lofty or too big, that's okay because it keeps you uh, centered and focused on that. And then one thing I do for my goals is I try to read my goals every single morning. So I literally take them. This year I have 10 goals. I have my personal mission statement, my values, and really my intention. I, and I read those every single morning. And I think just by doing it, it's something that really keeps it top of mind. Some people that are successful, they take their goals and they write them down every day. And so that's another thing you can do. But I think whatever you do, whether you use a vision board or you have uh, you know, goals you have, it's just really keeping them in front of you so that you keep coming back to them. And as you remember them, you look at them, you're reminded, and you see yourself as somebody who achieves these goals. I will say this too. It's not always about the goals themselves. It's about the person that you become uh, as you move toward those goals, right? I think that's a Jim Rohn quote who basically says that, you know, it's it's the person you become. So I think that's something I'm striving towards is being a person that it becomes a better person by having goals. I think when I met you, you were also starting your real estate career about the same time that I was. We met, I believe, in 2019, as far as I recall. Yeah. At the Real Estate Guys Summit at Sea. And last year, you raised a really incredible amount of money. And I'm curious as to what you think was the biggest step you took in the last four years to get yourself to where you are right now. 
Yeah, so um, we've raised yeah, now about about thirty million. We have about two hundred million in multifamily, and we're raising money for an ATM machine fund, also a car wash fund, and other types of alternative assets in the energy space. So we're constantly doing deals. And I think looking back, I get this question a lot: is what's the what you know? What, how can somebody who's from a totally different industry, right? Because I was from medical device sales. I was making a good salary, working with physicians, and you know, how does somebody move from? another area into real estate. I think the biggest thing that happened was I made the decision that I was going to leave my job within a few years. Like I was going to figure out a way to do it. And by doing that, like your subconscious just tries to figure it out, right? You just kind of, you go to events, you meet the people, you make connections. And in the process, I, you know, I started a meetup in Southern California, found my first investor there. And again, I'd had so many calls with friends and family to raise money for real estate deals and zero invested. It was so frustrating stuff. But this guy who like I'd never met before, who simply saw me at the front of the room, he, you know, he didn't see me as an expert, but as a leader in the space. And so I think the biggest thing, you know, he, he's the guy who's the first guy who started to invest and put 100K in one of the deals that I was a part of. So I think the amazing thing is just when you're trying to get started, it's so important that you try to find a way to add value. So you're doing it by this podcast, other people are doing it by, you know, going to events and trying to find a way to help people on their journey. And so we create a lot of content now and a lot of, you know, emails and videos and we have our YouTube channel and all types of stuff just to try to create a way to create value for people. So you did mention that, you know, you talked with friends, family and couldn't raise funds. What are your thoughts regarding putting yourself in front of people that are ready to invest versus trying to convince somebody that hasn't thought about real estate investing and doesn't even know much about about the tax benefits and things like that how do you yeah. position yourself yeah so that's it's a difference really between sales and marketing right sales is going out trying to pitch your idea to everybody and marketing is how, how you position yourself so that people come to you right so i've had 1300 one-on-one phone calls over the last four years with accredited or high net worth investors right and that's been awesome because these are people that are already interested they've opted in to have a call and how that happens is by creating value around the topic, by talking about you know how to reduce taxes to zero or how to you know be able to leave your job with passive income or topics like that. And then people say, hey, I'm interested in learning more about how this works. And so, for example, on my website, we have uh, at bronsonequity.com, there's a guide I wrote called How to Use Inflation to Your Advantage, right? So somebody downloads that free ebook. It's like 40 or 50 pages, gives some ideas of how to invest in alternative assets such as multifamily and then people download it. And then I start sending them emails just that every week or periodically that kind of give value to like things that they're interested in. Cause obviously not everybody downloads that type of information. So I don't try to sell something to somebody that is not asking for it. But if somebody's saying like, Hey, I'm interested in this, you already know that there's somebody that could be interested. Somebody who downloads how to use inflation to your advantage. They're thinking about, you know, how do I stop getting hurt by this? Or how do I protect my wealth? And so you're, it's more of a you know, farming strategy versus a hunting strategy, right? If you're a hunter, you know, you're a sales dog at a used car lot, you've got to go try to get people to buy what you have to sell. But when you're farming, you're just simply putting information out there and you're inviting people to opportunities to either invest or to, to, to get something for free of value that you're providing. That is how I used to pick my startups that I was working at. Does this startup has already a good product that people actually need and want and know that they need and want versus trying to completely from scratch, try to sell somebody into something that they don't even know exists. So the sale is 1000% a whole lot easier when you you have something that uh, that they know that they need. Oh. Going back towards goals, maybe 
talk about how do you organize your day in order to achieve your goals? Do you look at your yearly goals? How often? And then do you look at your monthly goals, weekly goals? How do you break it down? And then maybe at the end we can we can review how you break your day down. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's really good. I mean, the way you describe it is people do that where they'll start with a year and they'll say, okay, then this quarter, then this month and this day, um, I kind of do it a little differently. And I think everybody I talk to has a different way of achieving goals. I basically have annual goals. I spend a lot of time thinking about them and I make goals, you know, my areas of health and travel and, you know, time with my daughter and with family and, and financial as well. And then I try to really think about those. And then um, and then I'll also create, you know, shorter goals, like smaller goals. Okay. For this quarter, what are we doing? Okay. We've got this number of investment deals we're doing, or we're trying to do these certain events or where these are the things that are going on. And then on a day-to-day basis, I usually, um, try to structure my days where I have like, okay, this day I'm recording videos or I'm doing interviews or I'm doing, I try to batch things together. And actually I'm in the process right now of writing a book. So I've, it's my first book, but it's, I'm at 20,000 words right now. I'm getting trying to get to about 30 to 40,000. So almost probably a little more than halfway there. And so, but how I do it is I just say, okay, for that one, I'm just going to write an hour a day and I can know I can write about 1200 words in a day. And that's very helpful to help me get toward my goal. So, and, and I think one big thing about goals and doing activities daily is you need to celebrate even small wins. So when something good happens, right, when you get a new deal under contract or when you get, uh, you know, an investor, in, you know, a large investor invests half a million in your deal or or maybe you, you get the first, you know, 50,000 invest in your deal, you got to celebrate it. So what I do is at the end of the day, there's this app that's called WinStreak, W-I-N Streak, and it basically you record three wins and it could be personal wins, it could be work wins, just three things that went well that day. And then three things you're looking forward to about tomorrow. And what it does is it subconsciously gets me in the feeling of like, I'm somebody who I have wins each day. It develops confidence that I'm working toward these goals that I'm excited about. Because otherwise, like, it's very hard to think of this big long-term thing that's a year out or years out. How am I ever going to get there? But if you just celebrate the small wins, it really builds a sense of confidence and encouragement that like, I'm actually doing this, right? Which is really neat. And also celebrate the medium-sized wins, you know, like, for example, if I get a property in contract, uh, I say I'm going to go to the spa for a day or take myself out to a nice dinner, things like that are also important to recognize as we were actually meeting at, I think, the very last day of the year or the day before, <laughs> Yeah, you and your friend, and we were all talking about, okay, what were our wins this year? And it was a pretty phenomenal year celebrating that. Is so important. Looking back, writing all of the things that you accomplished last year, it gives you a huge perspective. Yeah, exactly. I think it's it's easy to, especially you know, if you're somebody who is working you know, real estate full time or this is your main thing. It's just you know, if you structure your day, you've got to have things that you take time out to reflect. You got to have things that you take time out and you're celebrating, and you got to celebrate it all because otherwise, it's just life. Life has a lot of negative stuff. There's much. There's a lot of uh, resistance that comes up against us in different ways. And so I think just really trying to, you know, look at what, 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 what good is happening? What are the things that actually I am making progress in? And that's got to come from internally because the world is not going to give that to you, right? Even your friends, your family, they're not, you have to find a way to do that in yourself so that you have enough positivity that when you face challenges, because you'll face every single thing in your life that's worth going after, you'll face challenges in. So you need to have enough internal positivity and celebrate the wins and all those things. Um, that's why affirmations are powerful too. When things you say about yourself to yourself, we all do it. 
know, the self-talk is really, really important. So um, all that stuff is really powerful, but it, it just gives you the power to be able to achieve great things. And I remember you mentioning that you have a specific amount of days that you're literally taking off, that you're completely disconnecting for the year. Can you tell me a little bit about that and how do you do it? Yeah. So that's kind of new for me. Um, I'm a guy like I'm always, <laughs> I'm always working and doing stuff. And even on a day off, I'm like, oh, investor calls or this happens or what I'm always kind of, you know, fielding that. And I, what I've, I've realized I'm a part of a, a coaching group and they're basically saying, you know, it's really good to have a certain number of free days. And my goal this year is to have and a free day is basically defined as you don't answer an email you don't pick up the phone when somebody calls for business. You just, you're just, you're out, you're out of the office. Like that's a free day. Right. And it's so hard to do, but, um, so you, know, hard. You, can, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you can hopefully have team members that can help or kind of understand these are free days for you, or you even train your people you work with, your partners, your investors, whoever that, okay, I don't pick up the phone on the weekends unless it's an emergency or whatever. But my goal this year is 115 free days where I don't, uh, do any work on those days. That's incredible. So how do you delegate those calls, those emails? And also, I'm curious, at what point do you decide to hire somebody full-time to help you? Yeah, well, um, those are kind of separate. I think in general, um, the first question you asked was, how do you, uh, you know, how do you delegate? I think you just have to train people. And what I realized, there was actually, it's the first weekend I've done it was this last weekend, because we're kind of getting into the first oh. year. I just made this goal. So uh, and there were a couple that I got a call and there was somebody that wanted to talk. And then I also had an investor. It was all the stuff happened, but I just kind of like, was like, well, I think I'm just going to wait and see. And, and like, I called them back on Monday morning. It was just fine. Like I realized like I kind of <laughs> made stuff into like, it's a fire, but like people understand, like if you don't call them back on the weekend or you don't text them back, like maybe, okay, maybe they're busy. And if it is an emergency, I can always text someone and say, Hey, do you mind if we talk Monday? You know, like, that's totally okay. That's still like counts as a free day. But so that was the first question. The second question you asked, oh, is hiring somebody. So I do have one full-time VA and then I've got a couple part-time people. I've got a part-time marketing person. I've got a part-time video person. I've got somebody who writes some stuff for me, uh, kind of helps uh, do some writing. And I hired a full-time VA 40 or 45 hours a week. Uh, this is a couple of years ago. I was still doing my full-time medical sales job and it was really helpful. Um, I have a friend who believes that every single person in the US that makes over $100,000 should have a full-time virtual assistant to help them with their personal or work or different. Cause there's all these things that come up, like things we need to research, things we need to do. And, and in the beginning, we don't know what would this person do, but after a while, like you just have so many things you could have them do. And this is a parenthesis comment here. I've hired quite a few VAs from Upwork and a friend of mine recently recommended virtualstafffinder.com. The staff finder has three F's, just like you would write virtual staff finder. And um, they charge a flat fee for finding a VA. They do not upcharge on their hourly rate. I have a job post right now out with them. I heard fantastic things about the people that they find. I will put their link under show notes. I have not officially hired somebody through them, but I did hear great feedback on their services. And now back to the interview. But you know how I've really structured my business is I try to create repeatable processes where, okay, when I send out an email, like what, how do, what's the process of how that works, right? How does that work? If I can create a, a video, there's something called Vidyard, there's some screen capture websites that you can capture the screen, you can pass it on to someone else. And then, you know, 
another person I used to work with said, well, if I learn how to do something, I can teach it. If I learn it, I can teach it. And that was really helpful. So then you basically, you, you record yourself doing it. You put it in a Google document, maybe some screenshots and some text and stuff. But once you share that, even if you lose this person, which I hope I never lose my VA, like she's amazing. But even if you lose this person or you have to move other people in, whatever, you've got some record of how this actually works. So you don't have to really start over and teach the whole thing again. Somebody can watch and go, oh, I get a sense of like really kind of how this works, right? Totally. Just one thing to note in case some people are not aware, a lot a lot of times when people decide to take, I don't know, a week or a month off and they just really set the team to take care of the business and things like that, more often than not, the company actually does way better <laughs> than when they were there watching over everybody. So that's something to try out potentially. Do it for maybe three days and then a week. See what benefits come out of that. That's also so important for people to try out, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, we we really train our team and a lot of times, you know, we they they don't want us to be around kind of micromanaging, right? They'll want us to be off doing our things and you know, set the vision. Like as a leader, you have to be somebody who sets the vision and this is where we're going and this is what's important. And and you've got to celebrate those wins as well with your team. But a lot of times they don't want you micromanaging it, right? They'll get a little feedback, but you let them do their thing. And I don't want to be micromanaged. So I'm sure, you know, most people don't as well. Nope. <laughs> is there anything else that you think is important for our audience to know regarding goal setting that we haven't covered yet? Um, I just think, you know, having written goals, a lot of, I think a lot of people, I mean, me for many years as well, it was all about like, oh yeah, I, I have some, you know, resolutions or some ideas, but to have written goals, when you write it down, you're actually creating something, right? And you know, we know about it, something doesn't exist unless you create it, like you either speak it, you write it down, you whatever. So whatever it is, write it down and then, you know, find a way to, to put that up. Like I literally just yesterday, I have my goals, they're typed up with my mission statement and I laminate it on the backside, there's pictures of what those goals look like. And I read those every morning. So you're keeping that in front of you. So I think that's really important. So I encourage anybody who's listening, who wants to change their life, just start creating the goals and then, you know, keeping them in front of you all the time. Yeah. And um, a friend of mine recommended Fox Planner, F-O-X. I believe you can buy on Amazon. I've been using that for a few months and it's, it's wonderful mm -hmm. for that purpose as well. And it's worth noting when you and I were connecting, you mentioned, oh, I really wish there was a conference regarding, you know, all tax benefits of real estate investing and everything related to tax and how can we get to zero tax as much as possible. And I was like, why don't we do one ourselves? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so was... we we're very likely going to do that this year, which is uh, super exciting and, and to help out people in understanding what the benefits are and how you can get to ideally tax zero with all the disclaimers around it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, my background is working with physicians and, and just even seeing a lot of business owners. Now, a lot of people pay, especially if you're a high paid professional, you're paying in California where I live, it's, it's close to 50% in taxes. And so if that's the case. There's just so many things you can do to reduce your taxes. And there's a lot of people that are actually able to reduce their taxes to zero. And so we were thinking about calling it the zero tax summit. So if you're interested in being a part of that, or you think that's a great idea, reach out to Stephanie or me and let us know because we're in the process of kind of brainstorming on that, just seeing if that's a need that's out there. So it's exciting. Very exciting. 
And on that note, how can our listeners get in touch with you? Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, Steph. This has been awesome. Um, yeah. So I love connecting with investors and people that you we're know, talking about real estate. Um, I have that guide I mentioned at my website at bronsonequity.com, uh, how to use inflation to your advantage. It's a free download. Uh, also, I'm on YouTube. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. We talk about all different types of topics like reducing taxes and different things. So you can follow me there or on social media. But this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me today. Thank you so much, Bronson, as always, for coming. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Steph. And if you want to be notified when we go live with our Zero Tax Summit, make sure to subscribe to our newsletter at monicarlorei.com and we will send an email when that is scheduled or, of course, also reach out to Bronson on his website. All of the links will be under show notes. Happy New Year. May all of your wishes and dreams and goals come true this year. And I will see you next time.